The information contained on the Real Health Podcast and the resources mentioned are for educational purposes only. They are not intended as and shall not be understood or construed as medical or health advice. The information contained on this podcast is not a substitute for medical or health advice from a professional who is aware of the facts and circumstances of your individual situation. Information provided by hosts and guests on the Real Health Podcast or the use of any products or services mentioned does not create a practitioner-patient relationship between you and any persons affiliated with this podcast. This is the Real Health Podcast brought to you by Reardon Clinic. Our mission is to bring you the latest information and top experts in functional and integrative medicine to help you make informed decisions on your path to real health. Well, welcome back, everyone, to the Reardon Clinic Real Health Podcast. I'm Dr. Ron Henning-Hockey, the Chief Medical Officer here, and I've got Dr. Lucas Timms, who is our Integrative Oncologist in Overland Park, again today. Lucas, welcome. Good to be with you again, Dr. Ron. Yeah, and we're going to continue our series on the uh, terrain-based approach to cancer. We've been exploring the 10 metabolic terrains that strongly impact cancer outcomes and, and that we deal with extensively at, here at the Reardon Clinic. And so just to remind our listeners, we've already talked about epigenetics, metabolics, environmental toxins. We've talked about inflammation and angiogenesis. We're going to move in today and, and <clears throat> discuss the role of immunity and the microbiome. And so really, as I looked at this, uh, uh, Dr. Timms, I really thought this, we're, we're kind of like crescendoing here because I think when you start mm. mentioning immunity, you're getting right at the heart of what's going to help people overcome their, their cancer. So how, how, how does that play out in your mind? Yeah, I, I totally agree. Um, the immunity is a key, a key piece of the big puzzle that we're talking about here. Um, you know, the immune system is, is basically why anyone gets cancer in the first place. Wow. Um, and so, you know, our immune systems, most people don't realize are designed to get detect and get rid of cells that are going down that cancer pathway every day and prevent them from getting to that point, or at least prevent them from getting to the point where they enough of them get together and form a tumor. And so, uh, really what, what allows a, a tumor to form or a cancer disease to set in place is the, uh, the immune system being suppressed and so much of what we deal with, with the diet and lifestyle modifications, getting at root causes, it's all in an effort to get that immune system back on track for people so that their body can start doing what it's supposed to do. It can start working for them instead of against them a better audience would be surprised to know that this is not new at all there was uh, back i don't know it was 80 90 years ago coley's toxins there was a, a doctor that found out that giving people uh strep is it strep or staph staph uh, toxins staphylococcal toxins activated the immune system and helped them to get over their cancers you remember that yeah, story? William, William Coley. Ah. Uh, they actually still give out a, an award at uh, Memorial Sloan Kettering for, 
for research, you know, doctors, research doctors that, uh, uh, for, you know, good, uh, for an accomplishment of sorts every year. And, uh, I think most of them don't really know what Coley actually did, but, <laughs> um, it's kind of, uh, it's kind of, uh, ironic. Um, yeah, Coley's toxins, this is, uh, you know, basically proof of concept that you can stimulate the immune system in a way like an infection or giving a patient, uh, um, an inoculation of back of pathogenic bacteria that stirs up their immune system. And guess what? When the immune system gets stirred up, even if the infection is what causes that it has benefits, uh, towards fighting cancer and, and doing other things, it kind of snaps it back into place a little bit. And so we see this with some of the therapies that we offer here, like not to that extent, we're not giving people, you know, inoculating people with bacterium, but the mistletoe therapy right. that we use works in a very similar fashion in terms of creating or stirring up the immune, uh, the immune system. Uh, there are some toxins in the, in the mistletoe, but they're not, you know, they're, they're safe enough to give it the way we do it. Uh, but that is essentially what we're creating is, uh, is a, an immune response that then translates towards the cancer benefits. Yeah. And, you know, Coley's was kind of going back in history, but now on the cutting edge of um, modern oncology, immunology is really the superstar. Isn't that about true? And all these new medicines that are coming out, they're, in, they're coming out by the hundreds it seems well, it's becoming, yeah, it's becoming a very big part of, uh, you know, modern oncology. They, immune oncology is sort of becoming a, uh, a specialty in and of itself. Uh, and most tumor types have had immunotherapy drugs uh, tested in them, and most of them do have some response. It's funny, though, you um, it's, you know, even these modern drugs some people may have heard of or seen commercials for drugs like Keytruda, Opdivo. These are the types of drugs we're talking about. Yeah. And uh, what they do, they're also called checkpoint inhibitors. And they um, they can really uh, accelerate the immune system very quickly um, in, in, towards, in, in respect of a response towards certain cancer cells that are trying to evade it. And so this PDL one marker, uh, is kind of where that checkpoint inhibition happens. And so, um, these drugs, I tell patients that if you think of your immune system, like a race car, these drugs are like slamming down the accelerator. It's like literally like laying a, a brick on the accelerator. And, you know, if, if the car is in really good shape, then, you know, when you hit the accelerator, it, it might go, it might, you know, it might do well. But if your car's in really crappy shape, hasn't had a pit stop in a few hundred laps and the tires are falling off and you hit that accelerator, bad things can happen. Uh, you know, you, you might you might not make that first turn and go straight into the wall. And so um, I talk about all the things that we do it, are making sure that that car, that race car is tuned up and, ha you know, the spark plugs are changed, fresh tires, good fuel in the tank. So that when they hit that accelerator, uh, it's ready to run. And we see that play out with a lot of patients who are on immunotherapy, where if we get their race car in really good position, they'll have a better response. So you're actually talking about terrain therapy, which is what we do in this whole series of looking at these 10 uh, terrain-based uh, factors that we're trying to help people tune up, like tuning Correct. up their race car so that they'll be fit and ready 
to deal with their cancer in a, in a, in a more effective way. And so, uh, like, uh, and it was interesting to me that, you know, we actually do measure the immune system pretty regularly with people in terms of what, what's uh, this, uh, this trifecta notion. We're looking at uh, not only inflammation, but we're looking at the neutrophil to lymphocyte ratio. And that, that can have a, a, a bearing on, on, on what's going on with uh, the patient yeah, as well. The, the neutrophil lymphocyte ratio is a good one to watch. Um, you know, there is, there are more specialized lymphocyte tests like natural killer set, uh, cell tests that are out there. I also like to watch the nagalase enzyme. That can be a little bit of a measurement of uh, how well is the immune system responding to cancer. Um, so yeah, there's lots of blood markers that we can actually see in real time. Uh, what's the shape of your race car? Is it ready to run that race? Yeah. And then also looking back, uh, the thing I've at the, my 34 years here at Reardon Clinic is the, one of the cornerstones of our approach to cancer is intravenous vitamin C. And I go back to Dr. Levy's book, Curing the Incurable. He showed that there was 18 different ways that vitamin C in, impacts the immune system. And so, uh, so just getting enough uh, vitamin C going and using the rear IVC protocol, it's a type of immunotherapy. It's never been looked upon that way, but certainly it, it helps people to, to balance their response as well as to heighten it so that they have a better chance of fighting the cancer. Yeah, vitamin C basically is one of the main, um, like, again, going back to that race car, it's one of the main things that makes up the fuel in the tank of the race car. Yeah. Don't want to leave out vitamin D either. Uh, vitamin D we found uh, be to be crucial in terms of helping people get through the pandemic with not getting, not dying and not yeah. getting severely sick. And so uh, we monitor vitamin D levels very, very closely as well. So there's a number of different ways. Then you get into uh, other lifestyle factors like sleep, uh, your diet, the phytonutrients in your diet, all of these impact your immune system. If you're eating a lousy diet, your immune system's going to go to pot. 100%. This is where, like we talked about in the beginning, all things kind of merge here at the immune system, uh, whether it's stress, sleep, diet, exercise, um, hormones, you know, all in, in nutrients, you know, all these things, you know, are sort of orchestrating a, a healthy immune response. Yeah. So, and I think uh, the the terrain based approach is really not one thing. It's it's a symphony of uh, of, of mm. various elements of the orchestra, and so this concept of orchestration is really important. So, this is a little bit hard for people to to understand in the beginning because we're used to going to the doctor, and in this case, the oncologist, and here's the therapy, here's the prescribed therapy. And what we're saying, yeah, that's that's important, but we have to look at the foundation of our health from many different perspectives, 10 different perspectives in the case of terrain ther uh, theory. Uh, and if we can get those orchestrated and tuned properly, we're going to have better outcomes, longer lives, fewer side effects. Absolutely. You know, it's just, it's looking at it more from a, you know, instead of fighting disease, let's create more health. Yeah. And, uh, you know, real health, which is, as we like to say here at the uh, at the Reardon Clinic and on the Real Health Podcast. 
There's a lot more to this conversation, and it's coming up right after a quick break. Today's podcast is brought to you by Biocenter Laboratories. The Biocenter Laboratory provides state-of-the-art lab testing and diagnostic services for healthcare providers, laboratories, hospitals, and the general public. Lab tests available through Biocenter include a comprehensive list of vitamins, minerals, fatty acids, amino acids, hormones, and pyrroles. They also provide a variety of standardized tests for disease markers. These markers include cardiovascular disease, diabetes, thyroid dysfunction, hormone imbalance, and more. Visit biocenterlab.org to learn more. Uh, we want to talk a little bit now about another important part of the immune system, which, and, and really they go hand in hand, and this is the microbiome. So most mm. people uh, are, by now, they're probably, our listeners are aware that the bacteria that line our digestive system uh, outnumber us by what, more than 10 to 1? Maybe it's, a, some people even say even even higher than that, maybe 100 to 1. I think it's a hundred closer to 100 uh, to 1. 100 yeah. to 1. And these bacteria uh, really have many different ways that they impact our immune system. So let's just kind of just start naming off some ways. What 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 do you think of in terms of how how the microbiome impacts immunity, Dr. Timms? Well, this is I mean, our microbiome is, I mean, we have bacteria and and other, you know, organisms living all over our body, but really where it's concentrated is in our gut or, you know, more technically in our digestive system. And uh, cause this is really when you think about it, besides our skin this is the only sort of entryway into our body is, is through that, that tube that goes from your mouth all the way down to the bottom. And so this is where we have sort of a very concentrated um, group of organisms that uh, they're, I mean, essentially their main goal is to make sure that foreign invaders threats to the system do not get in. Or if there is a problem uh, at the, you know, at, if, if the, uh, army storm in the storm in the castle, these are the guys that are right up front and making sure that we're making the right preparations, having the right response. And so that's the direct connection between how does our immune system know to respond and, and what to respond to is through these, our microbiome, through these organisms that are literally on the front lines of our, uh, of our bigger organism body making sure that we keep it alive and keep it safe because we are a host for these organisms as well. And they're in the interest of wanting to stay alive too. Yeah. And back to the, the old aphorism, you are what you eat. We're now finding out that literally is true and that there are a host of things in the modern diet, excessive sugar, uh, the, the, the uh, polyunsaturated bad oils, hydrogenated oils. Uh, yeah. For a lot of people are sensitive to gluten, uh, and other food food uh, sensitivity issues, all of these can uh, s set you up for what they are calling leaky gut. How does how mm. does leaky gut play into our immune system? How does it play into uh, our propensity for all illness, including cancer? Yeah, leaky gut is a it's a key concept, and I think it's it's gotten a little bit overused, you know, through the years. And I think that it's almost gotten like a, uh, it's gotten a bad rap and, and you know, evidence-based people say, well, leaky gut doesn't really exist. Uh, it, 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 you're, you're better off 
thinking of it as intestinal permeability. And that's actually the name that you'll find it yeah. in a lot of the scientific research that's been done. Cause again, leaky guts just kind of gotten a, a bad rap, but intestinal permeability is what we're talking about. This is going back to that. You know, again, we have sort of this frontline um, group of organisms that lined our digestive tract and create sort of a, a barrier of sorts. And they're the ones that decide, you know, sort of like through these tolls, what gets passed and what doesn't. And, and the point is to, is to keep the rest of the organism safe and not let things pass through that aren't supposed to be in us. And uh, over time, that barrier, that lining can become more permeable, which is just a fancy name for you get kind of holes in it like Swiss cheese. And all of a sudden you're missing uh, parts of the lining where things would be, you know, be getting vetted before they get passed through into our body and, and, and things end up getting into us that shouldn't be in us, whether it's pathogens or, you know, proteins that we can't digest fully or, or toxins. Um, and, 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 and this leads to further, further systemic diseases. Um, and so, and like you said, everything from our diet to, chemicals in the foods now to, to prolong chronic stress hormones in the system to bad sleep, lack of exercise. This does affect that lining and ultimately can contribute to that intestinal, uh, increased intestinal permeability. Which if it's in excess, if the permeability is in excess, that's going to, uh, put more stress on our immune system because the immune system has to clean up the mess that we allow to get in if uh, if we're eating a bunch of junk stuff. So this is why uh, it's it's really important for people to to think about their diet as and, and that's kind of a foundation of uh, natural terrain based cancer care is a healthy diet. So maybe let's talk just a minute about what would be the constituents of of a of, of a really healthy diet for someone who's trying to deal with cancer with the idea that it's going to help improve their gut their gut health mm -hmm. yeah i think there are some sort of staples to that um it's interesting we see that in in, in different tumor types and in different phases of, of treatments the diet can be um, customized a lot of different ways for different people. And so, uh, we never just take a cookie cutter approach, but there are some staples that, yeah. that everyone can sort of add into their diet that I think will generally help. Um, you know, I think you're never going to get into a problem if, you know, you're pushing lots of fiber, um, green leafy vegetables, um, uh, foods that are rich in polyphenols. We talk about, yes, um, berries and green leafy veggies, veggies again, certain types of teas, dark chocolate, believe it or not. Yay. Very rich in polyphenols. So, uh, my patients always love it when I literally prescribe them dark chocolate, mm -hmm. um, coffee to a certain extent as well. Uh, if it's organic and, um, so, so those are some things that people can, um, can add in, uh, pretty, you know, the, it's a pretty general prescription for most people. Again, I, I don't think anybody should take this information we're talking about right now and, and, and make a treatment plan out of it. You should always talk to your doctor, but a diet, um, you know, there, there's some healthy hallmarks that certainly can increase your um, immune function and your body's ability to fight cancer on its own.
yeah. There was a famous book years back that kind of got lost in the shuffle, but it was called The Color Code. And it's basically the idea that nature coded in the best foods for it to eat. The more colorful, the deeper the colors, uh, and then, then we would like fresh and organic and those kinds of things. But these predominantly plant-based foods are uh, really good sources of polyphenols and phytonutrients. They're going to help us fight the cancer and maintain good uh, gut health. And then one of the interesting things that's coming up is that the gut microbiome ties into the intracellular biome, which would be a whole nother podcast, namely your mitochondria. So if you keep your gut in good health, you're going to maintain good, healthy mitochondria. And these are the energy sources within our cells, but they play a very important part in terms of helping us to uh, ward off cancer and to recover from cancer as well. I'm glad you brought up the my, the mitochondria because this is really where we see the microbiome um, sort of link up with the rest of our body. And most people don't realize that the mitochondria in your cell are actually like um, fossils from bacteria. Yes. And, you know, way back years ago when the body sort of evolved to live with these microorganisms, this was that symbiotic relationship that yeah. we created. And so um, and unfortunately, we do a lot of things uh, that disrupt these mitochondria. Um, and, and that's part of why people get cancer as well. And so that's a whole nother podcast, like you said. But uh, the mitochondria is a key point. Yeah. Uh, apoptosis is controlled by the mitochondria. And so uh, if, if the mitochondria aren't working properly, you can't take out injured cells. And so these are the, you know, you don't think that that would be related to what you eat and to your gut health, but it definitely is. So, so really today we've really touched on some pretty esoteric concepts, but it comes down to learning how to uh, make better food choices, learning how to take better care of yourself and realizing that you have the power to, uh, influence the outcome uh, or improve the outcome of whatever uh, chemotherapy or whatever conventional therapy is being uh, recommended for your for your cancer. So uh, so this is the immune system in the microbiome. We're going to talk the next time a little bit about stress and how uh, how that can affect all of this. But any last thoughts for today? I'll give you the final word here, Dr. Timms. Well, the final word I think would be, um, you know, take care of your immune system. And if, and if you are not supporting your immune system and your microbiome in that relationship, um, you know, I think you're going to find a hard time, you know, uh, really putting up, um, a good fight against, against any sort of cancer. And so this is a key part of it. It's a key part of what we do. And, uh, you really need to work with somebody to make sure that your immune system is, that that race car is ready to run the race. And that it's not going to crash into the wall when when the uh, when it when it's time to hit the road. So um, that'll be my final word. That's excellent. Thank you so much for a wonderful session today, and we'll be back next time uh, with the terrain-based approach to cancer. Thank you, Dr. Timms. Thank you for listening to the Real Health Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe and leave us a review. You can also find all of the episodes and show notes over at realhealthpodcast.org. Also, be sure to visit reardonclinic.org where you will find hundreds of videos and articles to help you create your own version of real health.